Hello, 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 it's Lisa here. Welcome back to another episode of the Wild Heart Diaries. How are you? Are you all right? How's your week been? I've had a really good week this week. We've had two sign-ups to the Wild Heart Book Club, which is great because I'm looking for seven people. And if you listen to the first episode of season two, (laughs) you will hear all about my lucky number seven. And and I'm feeling positive that those other five people are going to find their way, going to end up working with them. You know, if I don't work with all of you and I hope to meet more of you that um, hopefully through this podcast and also, you know, through this podcast, you will hear and learn more about yourself. And also, if you want to download the pretty podcast notepad which if you go to the home page of my website and scroll down if you sign up for the newsletter it gets sent to you automatically it's very pretty hence the name <laughs> I spent a lot of time designing that for you there's a lot of daisies and a lot of purple and a lot of wild heart branding and it's a nice way to consolidate all of your listening and so if you're not going to work with me then you can at least journal along because we have journal prompts don't we and we have I always want you to sort of self-reflect or take something away. I mean, you might just like to listen. Sometimes just listening is enough. (laughs) Maybe I don't need to be so hard on myself and on you. Yeah. (laughs) But I've had a I've had a really nice gifty come in this week. And I do believe that the universe sends us people and gifts and opportunities and you know it's up to us to say no is that in alignment with my values is that right for me is that what I want and I'm I was in the kitchen yesterday baking breakfast muffins they're my latest thing that I've been baking like with oats and bananas and eggs and I've been putting stewed apple and raisins in them and they're just divine I found the recipe on Instagram really really yummy and keep you full for a long time sometimes I have them with um fresh fruit like strawberries and raspberries and then I put um vanilla yogurt on them they're very nice (laughs) so I was baking my muffins and I was listening to an interview with Robbie Williams and his wife Ida Field Williams and talking about how they got together and then the interview must have finished and then it was Robbie singing she's the one and I have to say that I wasn't always a fan of Robbie Williams. I love Take That. If you are not in the UK, Take That were a pop band in the 90s. And my younger sister really loved Take That. Um, but Robbie Robbie was like the, he was the re- rebel. He rebelled. He left the group. Then he got into drugs and he went on a journey. He went on his journey. And um, I've always just felt that he had this kind of like arrogant edge to him. But more recently, and he's had four kids and he's my age. In fact, he was born the day before I was born. And his natal chart is very, very similar to mine. So he's got the Scorpio moon, the Aquarius sun. Um, I think just in different houses. And uh, I was listening to She's the One. And then for some strange reason, I started to think about my therapist. And I was singing in my head, She's my mum. <laughs> Which you know, transference therapy. She is like my mum. I've I've been in a, a long, a long term professional relationship with her. She's also a colleague. She also refers clients to me. And um yeah, and we, we have a and she's also my oh she was my supervisor. Anyway, 
we decided to take a, a pause, as we like to call it, a break, because I was doing really well. When I last left you in, in season one, I've been doing some work on my dad's stuff that had all come up to be looked at. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and have a listen to season one. And um, she said, oh, I think you're in a really good place. Let's have a pause. So I found a supervision circle online because I think supervision is so important when you're in this game. The coaching industry is not regulated and there are lots of coaches out there who you know, charge you £10,000 a session and promise that if you leap to a quantum field that all of your troubles will be solved. Don't buy into that because the only way the only way out is through and there has to be snot bubbles and pain and honesty and truth and you know sitting with yourself but getting to know yourself i believe that's the only way you can heal that's why i'm a massive advocate of inner child healing because the inner child parts of you are normally frozen aren't they and they need to be defrosted that doesn't sound right does it they need to be unfrozen and um well they need to be met with warmth and love and affection maybe that's how we defrost our inner child parts and um and only we can do that no one is coming to save us in fact i'm going to do a whole episode on wanting to be saved or rescued or rescuing others even so anyway i was baking my muffins gone right off off track there haven't i and i was singing she's my mum and i got a little bit choked up and thought i haven't seen my therapist for quite a few weeks now and um yeah, I would, I miss her. I acknowledge that I missed her. I felt gratitude for the relationship. I thought, where would I be if I hadn't met her? Where would I be? My God. And 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 just so appreciative of everything she's taught me. So I popped my muffins in the oven and I came out to my working area. I've got, I work off my dining room table because I, I live in a, in a one bedroom flat. And, um, and I looked at my phone and she'd sent me a text message. Oh, and she's uh, training to do EMDR, which is probably one of the only healing modalities that I would like to try that's on my bucket list. Well, we have bucket lists for healing modalities now. <laughs> this is the way I'm determined. And she said, would you like to be a guinea pig with a case study to help me with my course? And I was just like, oh, my God, what a gift. So obviously I wrote back straight away and said yes. And I start that with her next Friday so um, I will just experience that and then I'll probably do an episode on EMDR because I've heard so many good things about it and um, I really oh that's my tummy rumbling I'm hungry what's the time it's one o'clock all right I need to eat see there you go checking out not listening to my body Um, yeah I, I I hear so many good things about it and I would like to try it because I, I am of the opinion that, you know, the, the sort of 15 or so years of talk therapy I had were not wasted because trying to understand, you know, what were my thoughts and what were my family's thoughts? What were my emotions? What were their emotions? Like, because, you know, absor- being a wild heart, I absorbed everything in my family. So, yeah, so I'm very excited about that. But anyway, let's get down to today's episode. <laughs> Today I want to talk to you about, um, I want to talk about where I was in season one when I first started and where I'm at now and when I took a pause from the podcast and I reflected all the things I've learned 
and I suppose today's episode you're thinking oh is it for me you know what what are you going to talk about today I'm going to talk about two things that you really need to heal and two things that you may not have that may be keeping you stuck because I was definitely stuck do you remember I said to you I had this like compulsion repetition and I couldn't stop trying to convince the people that couldn't hear me that they needed to hear me and I was going around in circles and I didn't want to admit to myself that it wasn't working right (laughs) that that's basically in a nutshell they're the two things that you need you need to be on your team be committed to yourself and um and you need to feel safe enough to come out of the denial because denial is the self-protective coping strategy that we adopt when we live in dysfunctional families because in order to live and survive in those environments as a child part of us had to be in denial about what was really going on you know so you may you may find parts of yourself not in denial that tell the truth and then there may be other parts of yourself that you know we have blind spots but you know thank god for denial like let's not make denial wrong let's say that denial protected us from feeling all of that pain at once and that's why this is a journey and I do hate that word because it's like on x factor you know they talk about your journey and make it your own all that rubbish I, I don't really buy into all of that talk but it is a journey I can't think of another analogy to describe it or a healing path it's about having a relationship with yourself and how can you have a relationship with yourself if you're in denial and you're not committed to yourself and committed I think just means choosing you and showing up for yourself and I've talked about that on other episodes before and uh and 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 stepping out of the denial so what I realized was going back to where I was at the beginning of pivoting my business I always think about the safe episode with Ross from Friends when I say pivot. That makes me laugh. But um really I had visibility issues. So being seen for me as a child, it was split. Either was seen enough to make my family look good, because our family was all about image and impressions and what other people saw in my book stuck between two worlds I call it the hologram house because it's like someone was projecting a hologram out into the world of how we were but inside no one was talking about feelings people were brushing stuff under the carpet and that is the they are the unspoken rules of the dysfunctional family aren't they don't speak don't don't uh, don't feel don't speak you don't tell people what's happening So you need to be in denial, don't you? But that's painful. That's painful to have your reality denied like that. You're gaslit, you're told what you think and feel. It sucks, it's horrible. But I wasn't showing up for myself. When I was going on this Facebook group, which I keep talking about, like I've made the Facebook group and all the people in it that my nemesis, but really they're just, it's just um, a mirror of my family of origin. I kept, I was not showing up for myself. I was hiding. My business had plateaued at about 2,000 followers on Facebook. And I suppose that's the same reflected in my newsletter list. So 2,000 people were following me and reading my stuff. But those 2,000 people, the majority of them were people who couldn't see me 
because they couldn't see themselves. And I was asking them to do something that they couldn't do. And that's not their fault. But this is where the denial starts. You know, when you're in denial, because you get that waggy old finger and you start pointing it outside of you and you're going, it's them. It's them over there. They're not listening. They don't understand. But really, when I brought it back inside and I turned the finger around to myself, I was like, I'm terrified. I am terrified. So I stayed in denial and said this isn't working, but kept on going out there and trying to convince these people to work with me and let me help their children. But I was in denial because I was terrified. I didn't feel safe to be seen. And I think that is probably true for a lot of us. You know, to be in the spotlight uh, was to be shamed, blamed, punished. So and I guess being in the spotlight feels vulnerable and that vulnerability. So I was punished for emoting. So I locked anger like deep, deep, deep down into my soul, never to return again. So then you become this passive aggressive, sarcastic, snarky person where the anger's leaking out of you sideways because you forbid yourself you deny yourself that you have it and you forbid yourself to feel it because you're trying to show up as perfect to meet the family image and you don't want to be ostracized punished blamed and shamed because that for a child is the equivalent to dying you need that safety you need that relationship with that parent you depend on that parent for everything but as i've said before like me, when one of your parents or both of your parents becomes the source of safety and is also dangerous, that's how trauma bonds are formed. And you're locked into this cycle of nice, mean, nice, mean, nice, mean, nice, mean. And it's highly addictive. And not only is it highly addictive, but that's why we keep this pattern. And that's why I was locked into this pattern of going back to that Facebook page and trying harder and harder to get back to the nice I've been conditioned for it. So I was in denial about all of that. I don't think I was. I think on some level, if I'm honest, I knew. I knew what it was. Maybe cognitively, I knew the terminology for it. I'd read about it. I understood it. But again, because of the denial, it's almost like the denial was, if I can explain, it was like a block between my head and my body. Because I wasn't listening to myself. I wasn't tuned in to what was right for me. You know? And that denial is layered in shame, guilt, blame. And you had to do that as a child. So part of the healing work, which is the really hard stuff, is working through all those layers. Now, this is why I've set up the Wild Heart Book Club. Because I believe that you can't go into that stuff. One, you're not, you don't have access to it because there's that block between your head and your body. And what I know from working with people over the years and working with children is you can't press on the wound. It's way too painful. It's dangerous. It doesn't feel safe. So first of all, you've got to create that safety, which I want to create in the group. I want to create a safe space for us to come to. And I guess I have that with my therapist. You know, I have what I would call a secure relationship with her. And I'm I'm so grateful for that, as I've already said today, like, I can't tell you how grateful I am. 
And also you need to be able to work through those really, really heavy feelings, shame and guilt. They are the if, 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 if emotions were on a vibrational ladder and joy and excitement are at the top, guilt and shame, especially toxic shame, because shame says, oh, I did a bad thing. I'm going to say sorry and put that right. Toxic shame says, I am a terrible person. I'm rotten to the core. I'm awful. I'm evil. And no one will ever love me. That's what toxic shame says. And you know that when you've got a lot of toxic shame, that's how perfectionism is created. Because you think you're really terrible. So you think you have to show up. You have to mask up, show up in a certain way so that other people will love you. But, but, but it's a total abandonment of self, isn't it? And if you've abandoned yourself, you're not connected to yourself. Therefore, you can't trust yourself. So, you know, again, we do that finger pointing thing where we go, I don't trust these people. Do I trust myself to handle this person? Do I know how to handle them? Am I listening to myself? Am I tuned into my body right now? Why am I getting a funny feeling in my tummy about this person when they're standing in front of me telling me something that I don't believe is true? You know? So you so in this in the World Heart Book Club, the only way to work through those layers is by following a story. We are connected through story as human beings. That's how we connect. And MRI scans show that when we read stories, we actually feel the feelings of the protagonist. So that lights up our brain. But it's but it but we're seeing it through the lens of the protagonist so I was thinking well that's why you need to use the book that's obvious because Ruby's story is your story and that's your course you know I was going where's the community what's the course what am I going to call it and I was getting all into the kind of like modality of is it journaling is it oracle cards is it this no it's it's that story that story is one of hope of faith of uh it's educational it tells you how to deal with stuff it's also got a lot of dialogue in it which is dialogue that I've taken from my therapy sessions so you know Ruby the protagonist meets her mentor Nettie and um you know it's it's how to pour love and compassion onto those wounds onto that child who was thirsting for that stuff and and and, and never felt lovable and that's why I came up with the idea of the book club. I was like, genius. It's like the hand in front of your face, Lisa. Why are you so, listen, listen, it, you just couldn't make it up, could you? Why are you so reluctant to make that book um, more than you're making it? Oh, it's the shame. And not just the shame for me, not just my shame, but also for my parents. Because the child in me wants to protect them. But the adult in me is like, fuck you. You, you, you abandoned me and now you've taught me to abandon myself. Actually, the, the adult in me is, is, is not as angry now, is actually has flashes and more moments of compassion for them because they are also children trapped in adults' bodies. So maybe that's unfair. I mean, obviously, I have my moments where I get really angry. And actually, I'm going to do an episode on anger in fact it's going to be the next episode because getting in touch with that anger and it's happened recently has been the key to me kind of 
finishing this piece of work and actually standing in my truth and saying, do you know what? That book is me. I am Ruby. That happened to me and it really hurt. And I'm really pissed off about it. And actually being pissed off about what happened to you, again, it's not about blaming your parents. It's about saying, I deserve to be protected from that. As a child, I deserve to be protected by that. And it makes me protective of myself. And I've never felt like that towards myself. You know, because otherwise you get yourself into all these situations with all these manipulative, bullying, unsavory types because you don't know how to protect yourself. And But more than that, you don't know that you're worth protecting. So, yeah. So now it's taken me. So where are we? October, as I record this, it's taken me from January when I first started the World Heart Diaries and pivoted my business to October to go, this is me. There's that song. That's on my healing playlist, by the way. This is me. If you don't have my healing playlist, it's on Spotify. I think it's on my um, bio on my Instagram. I'm Lisa, Lisa Jane Wildheart on Instagram. Or I'm Lisa Wildheart on Instagram. I'll put it in the show notes for you so you've got it. But I've I've put together a whole playlist of healing songs, which are both sad and empowering and you know great outlets for that anger for expressing you know alchemizing your pain expressing yourself is so important to get it out instead of pointing out to other people and saying it's them it's this it's that come back inside and then find a way to to get it out yeah so they're that they're the two things then if you're feeling stuck so let's do some journaling questions if you're journaling along today, let's do some journaling questions. The two thing, the question I want you to ask yourself is how committed am I to myself? And remember, committed means showing up for yourself, um, be choosing yourself, keeping your promises to yourself. How committed are you to yourself? And in what ways am I not committed to myself? How does that manifest in my behavior every day? You know, where am I not taking care of my needs? Where am I not listening to myself? Where am I not honoring my emotions? Where am I not honoring my wild heart sensitivity? Where am I not tuned into my intuition? That little voice inside of me that knows before anything. You know, like the text message. I was when you often when you're thinking about someone else, this happens to me all the time, and you're getting emotional about them, that's because they're thinking of you. Because there's a link there. Lots of wild hearts are very intuitive, very likely psychic. I mean, there's some pointers in your natal chart. If you book a wild heart blueprint session with me and we go through your natal chart, you can identify um, how strong your intuition is. There are houses and planets and signs where that's magnified. It's all over my chart. That's a big sigh. Well, because because it's very easy when you're sensitive to see that as a burden, isn't it? Oh, look, the ambulance is going by. It's very easy to see that as a burden and it isn't. And that's why it's important to choose yourself and be committed to yourself and take care of yourself and work out what you need. Now, lots of us don't know what we need because in order to know what you need, you need to know how you feel. And if you've got that disconnect, if you dis- disassociate, if you've cut off your head from your body, because you had to in order to survive. You're not going to know how you feel, are you? 
you, you're not going to know and that's not your fault so in the wild heart book club we're probably going to get down to talking about that like how can you properly feel and process your feelings what do you notice yourself doing when you're abandoning yourself when you're when you know they abandoned you they taught you how to do that but you don't have to do that anymore I mean, I think ways that I abandon myself is most, mostly, mostly, Mish Money Penny, mostly in social situations where someone's saying something that I really don't agree with and I can feel like the tension in my body. So I am more tuned into my body than I've ever been, but I won't, I, I won't um, offer my difference of opinion because they're, they're, that, that's the inner child going, don't disagree with them. Because you're going to get sent to your room. You're going to get the, you're going to get the wooden spoon. But obviously, my adult self then has to say, that's not happening anymore because we're not around those people, and I can keep you safe. And so it's separating out the inner child from the adult, and that's what we're going to do in the book club. So the Wild Hot Book Club starts on the third of November. It's a six-week healing circle, and it. And it's inviting you to explore the essence of your inner child through my book, Stuck Between Two Worlds. So we're going to look at the concept of the inner child and what it means to be a wild heart or if you like prefer to call it an empath or an INFJ or an HSP, whatever acronyms you want to bring to the party, bring them on in. We're all about acronyms. I don't care what you call it. Just just recognize that you are a wonderful wild heart. And what that's like growing up in a family full of unhealed generational trauma. You know, like when you're the introvert and they all appear to be extroverts, but I wonder if that's the case. You'll learn how to connect with your inner child and create a sense of safety and security so you can tend to all her needs. And if you struggle with self-care, this will help you make sense of why. You're going to learn how to reparent and soothe your inner child so you can relax and feel fully at ease in your body. Because until you do that, you are what we call blended with your inner child. So when you get triggered, excuse me, your inner child becomes bigger than your adult self. And then that's when you act childish. And you can probably identify it that afterwards, like, oh, that was eight year old me that showed up there. Or that was my stroppy 14 year old teenager that just wasn't having it. You know, you, you will be able to identify and we're going to do that through some exercises. As I say, we're going to use the book. There's going to be discussions and teaching and homework. And there's going to be six sessions. And they're going to be about 60 to 75 minutes long. I'm going to pop us all in a Facebook group, um, a private Facebook group, where if you post in there, other people that you're friends with on Facebook won't be able to see anything. So you'll be protected. And everything that stays in the Wild Heart Book Club it won't go anywhere else it's not going to go outside of that circle we're going to create a safe space um, and also if you sign up before the 28th of October you get 100 pounds off and I will also if you if you pay in full I will sign you a copy of my book and send it to you wherever you are in the world and if you go for the payment plan I you will still get a copy of the ebook because I want you to have it I actually was working with um Excuse me, I'm going to cough. Hold on. <coughs> oh, the old throat chakra's going. Hold on. Bit of a slurp of the old tea. Right. I have. I was working with um, an editor 
I found an editor online. She's called The Book Alchemist. She is amazing. Her name is Gabby. We actually connected and formed a, a, a friendship because she identified as a wild heart as well. So that was nice. And she really liked the book. But I wanted her to edit it, um, the grammar and the spelling and just, just the final tweaks because we've done two edits now. And I just wanted someone to look at it again because it came it came back from the printers. And I was like, oh, God, I've just spotted another mistake. But, you know, you can't spot your own mistakes. But I've had quite a few people read it. So, by the way, if you're reading it and you spot a mistake, <laughs> please write to me and tell me because I, I'm all for that because I want to correct it. I think I think where I, I need to look at it, it's not just the grammar and the spelling mistakes. Sometimes the tenses get mixed up because... Um, there's a lot of flashbacking in it <laughs> of course emotional flashbacks that's what you have when you've got childhood trauma but Ruby the protagonist is remembering a lot of the things that happened to her and I think because I channeled the book and it came through me that at times I was writing as my adult self and then at times I was writing from the voice of my inner child so I think that the tenses are a bit confused not 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 a lot but there are places where I think oh that needs to be passed past it you know but I am not a technical person <laughs> And when I write, because I'm writing another book at the moment, and I know that with this book, I'm actually um, not getting too hung up on the technicalities of it all. I'm just getting it out on the page and I'm going to let, I'm going to pay someone else to do that because that's not my wheelhouse. And also, I think because of my trauma, I have got learning difficulties. I probably would be diagnosed with some form of dyslexia, I would imagine. My sister who I work with, who's my VA, she proofreads all my stuff because I just make so many errors with my typing. Although she claims that since I've stopped going in the Facebook group and talking to that audience, <laughs> aka my family of origin, that I make less mistakes now. Which is really interesting, isn't it? Because I used to sort of like get words around the wrong way, miss letters out, double type words and then not see them. But my sister claims, and she's very kind and sweet and super helpful. She says it's because my brain works so fast. She's like, your brain is so fast and your fingers can't type as quickly as you're thinking and getting it out on the paper. And you'll notice that I speak like that. Like I'll start talking about one thing and then I go off on another tangent. Some people might say that I have ADHD, but I don't think so. I think I have CPTSD. That's the label I choose to give it. And I think my brain is wired up a certain way because of what happened to me. So, but equally, you might have a different experience and that's okay. So yeah, come and join us for the Wild Heart Book Club. I'm so excited. I can't wait. I can't wait to get you all in there and for us all to get together and for our inner children to meet one another and for us to be able to because when you get compassion from the group and there's a chapter in the book stuck between two worlds where Ruby goes to the world heart huddle and they all stand around and she has like an initiation to introduce her to the group and each child goes up to her and says something to kind of cleanse and purge the shame that she feels and I feel that that will automatically happen in the in the group you know, people will share and post something and someone else will come on and say, oh, my God, yeah, I had a mum like that. Oh, my God, that happened to me. Or or we'll just say, oh, my God, I see you. I hear you. I get what you're saying. That's awful. It's the validation. It's the validation, the compassion, the empathy, 
the 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 positive regard the unconditional positive regard that we will have for one another that we will cultivate in that group that will be so healing that is what I want for us I really do <gasps> so so yes yeah, so to wrap up today's episode went off on one we were doing journal prompts about how committed you are I've got some other journal prompts for you if you want to carry on journaling I want you to think about how you feel about being in the spotlight I want you to think about how it feels to be seen, whether that's in relationship with your other half, whether that's with your friends or maybe even by your family. I'll tell you the truth. I always dreaded the day that I got married because I felt so ashamed of who I was that I couldn't imagine walking down the aisle on my dad's arm and making anyone in the room proud. And it filled me with horror. I mean, that isn't just why I didn't get married, didn't find the right person and got myself into loads of toxic relationships, which I've shared briefly on here about. But things like that, and like I couldn't publicly speak at work. I actually would go to the bathroom and want to vomit before a presentation, even though I held down a corporate job for many years. I had a really understanding and helpful boss who, you know, we, we, we had a good relationship. He was very supportive. I was lucky. Um, but, but how does it feel to be visible? And then just link that into, well, if I was seen as a, if I was actually seen as a child, you know, how was I seen? Like, because for me, in order to be seen, I had to be perfect. I couldn't be human. And to be human is to be messy. You know, and if you're trying to be perfect all the time, you're not, you're not being messy. That's making me think of something Brené Brown says about vulnerability. I don't know what her quote is about vulnerability. Let's look it up on the internet. I'm going to Google it. Hold the line caller. Let's have a look. Brené Brown. Brené Brown. We love a bit of Brené. Visibility. I think she might talk about vulnerability actually. I don't know if you've watched her show on Netflix. It's really amazing. It's so good. Oh, someone's blogged about it here. Let's just see if they've got the quote. Oh, sorry. She says, oh, here you go. Let ourselves be seen, deeply seen, seen with vulnerability. So what would it feel like to be really seen for you? What would it feel like to just show up as yourself, not wear a mask, not have to say the right thing, do the right thing. You could just be you. I could just be a Lisa and you could just be a fill in the gap, whatever your name is. What would it be like just to be you? It might feel overwhelming. It might feel scary because perhaps you've never been allowed to. And who were you showing up for? Where were you editing yourself? Who was that for? What did that get you? What did that get you? Um, and then the denial piece is hard because we don't always spot our own denial. Um, and I think, I think really you need to be connected to your feet. Oh, so my tummy's really rumbling as I'm saying that. I must go and eat some lunch. But I, I feel like you need to be connected to your feelings. And it's the anger and the 
misjustice of it all and uh like often I would sit in sessions with my therapist and I tell her something and she'd go how does that make you feel obviously because that's what therapists say and I would sit there and go and just like look up at the sky and and then go oh I don't know and I, I really didn't know and she would say oh I think you've shut down Lisa she said because I actually feel really sick in this moment she said I feel nauseous in my stomach and now I'm starting to feel angry and so she was trying to reflect back to me like these are the appropriate feelings that you should be feeling based on the story that you've just told me and what happened to you but what happened was is that I was cut off from that part of myself I had to deny it didn't I to be safe so you can't feel those feelings so maybe the journaling prompt the way in is to say how do I feel when I see someone else being angry how um and how do I think of myself when I'm angry what does anger mean to me because you know society says oh nice girls don't get angry which is rubbish nice girls do get angry because then they don't get taken advantage from but it's how you channel that anger how you how you alchemize it how you turn it into something else how you use it for good but anger does tell us that we have been unfairly treated and if you're a wild heart like me you will probably have a very strong sense of justice and you will hate people that lie literally hate them with every cell in your being and you'll hate people who bully and treat people unfairly and that's because there's a part of you that's been that feels like that so maybe you could journal from the voices of the protective when you see someone else being treated unfairly voice that righteous anger that goes how dare you treat them like that maybe you could journal from that part of you or you could yeah journal from the from the 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 parts of you yeah those parts of you i think that's probably the best thing to do but they might be stuck and they might be frozen but keep journaling don't stop journaling don't stop writing just write whatever whatever comes to mind if you get any sort of flashes of memories in your mind as you're writing just and 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 like me if you get stuck and you've got a deck of cards shuffle the deck and give the cards a shuffle and sometimes the imagery that pops up because it acts as a mirror will will prompt you but also stop step away and just set the intention i don't know what that is but i do want to understand what that is please show me and then as you go about your day or maybe a couple of days later, a song will come on the radio or you'll watch something on the TV or you'll overhear a conversation in a shop. Something will happen and then you'll have your light bulb moment and you'll be like, that's what it is. Right. I have waffled in your ear roll for 38 minutes and 58 seconds or coming up to 39. And so I'm going to go now and I'll see you next time. Until then, stay wild. Choose love. So much love to you. Bye.